This episode of Now This Is Lit is brought to you by Audible. Check the link in the description to get your first Star Wars audiobook free. Everyone loves free things. Click that link. Do it. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You're listening to Now This Is Lit, a podcast about Star Wars books, the people who make them, and the readers who just can't get enough of them. I'm your host, Meg Dowell. I use she, her pronouns. And it is time to talk Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars. Alden Diaz from Octo Radio is here to do that with me. Let's go. So we're just going to jump into it because we've already been talking and uh, I like doing that because I like kind of, you know, you loosen up a little bit, you get oh, ready perfect. to go. Yeah, exactly. We're all here. We're uh, ready to do this podcasting thing. So why don't you start by, you know, telling everybody, who are you? What are you doing here? Why? Why? Why are you here? What are you up to in this weird internet space that we all live in? Well, I, it is a weird internet space, and I'm glad you said that. It's not It's not just a, a professional internet space or a fandom space. I think that, that that in and of itself is something that I wrestle with all the time, in good ways and bad ways, of mm-hmm. what exactly is this? Because very often you hear in the fandom, you know, as if it's a monolith or in this community, and sometimes... <laughs> I know I, I speak for probably you and everyone that's been on this show. We all have those days where it's like, I'm not in a community with those people. <laughs> like the you know, <laughs> some of the people that, you know, some of the, some of the discourse can drive you a little crazy. You're like, no, we're not at the same lunch table, but in certain ways we kind of are. Yeah. Um, so it, it is really weird. It can be very, very high schooly in its way. But, you know, for me personally, uh, I, I work in entertainment. I work in broadcast media. I work in radio. I'm a radio producer by trade. Um, you know, bred in this business. You know, been podcasting and everything since I was 14, and then went pro like five years ago with working in uh, Miami morning shows and everything for iHeart. Um, and right now, I, I co-produce different places and different contracts and things like that. And this is what I do. I live most of my life in front of a microphone. Um, when you add up all the hours. So at some point, it just made sense that I would take some of that and, you know, my passion for movies and everything and apply it to the thing that I really like most of all of these things, which is, of course, Star Wars. And so I consider myself, if we're, you know, if we're we're labeling things in the same way that people say, like, I'm a content creator, things like that, that makes my skin crawl. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. Um, But I consider myself to be a a Star Wars advocate, you know, a broadcaster who talks about Star Wars. I love that. And I feel I have the same feelings about content creator, content creation. I'm like, but it's it's more than content. It's so much more. Um, I still have not come up with a the right term I maybe there is no one term that describes because we all do different things. And it's all it's not all the same thing, even if it all sort of fits into the. Yeah, podcasting is cool. It's really cool that you just get to do it all the time. Um, yeah, it it is. Like at some point, sometimes I will hit a wall, and it's like, at what point am I off? Like you know, like where where is the the line drawn between 
Alden the person and Alden the, the host or whatever. Right. But it is sort of like, like you said, like with the content creation and how everything is reduced to the word content, like sometimes we get to the place where that can be so frustrating that it almost makes me want to, you know, lay my claim more and, and plant my flag in the ground and say, no, we are having real conversations. We are having arts conversations here, mm -hmm. um, broadcasting at its finest and interviewing at its finest and all of that can be um, actively emotional and, and can be a, a, a way that we can connect as artists. Yeah, I, I do think, um, and this is something that you talk about a lot and I think about a lot and don't always talk about as much um, in the spaces because for reasons, but I think, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in criticizing things or we want to you know pick out this one thing that we want to fixate on and we forget like we're all really what this all started with is we all just want to talk about the things that we quote unquote like um and in terms of star wars it's like we all at some point are fans because we saw a star war of some sort or we consumed some kind of star wars media and we were like i like this thing and mm. we forget that we're all here to you know kind of continue loving that thing by talking about it with people who always love that. And I think that gets lost a lot of the times in certain conversations that we have or certain oh, ways that people will talk about things. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, I, I love these conversations where we can go more in depth about the deeper themes and the deeper emotional connections we can make from Star Wars to us um, because that's what it's, supposed to be about and i really miss it sometimes when that just gets lost essentially in the noise you know no absolutely absolutely because it, you wouldn't get to the point where you thought about it as much as we did if it wasn't an extremely uh emotionally personal thing if it wasn't a poignant thing if it wasn't if it didn't speak to our lived experience um and i think that we forget that sometimes all of us do uh, we forget the fact that we engaged with it for whatever reason it was at a time before we shared it with anybody. You know, it started with yourself. And so as long as you can always bring it back to why you originally loved it and not let anybody take that from you, which is a struggle. Mm -hmm. um, but that 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 is sort of what you have to do. I've I've compared it to sort of renewing your vows with Star Wars. Like you have to <laughs> sometimes just say, I, I don't it's not on me to make anybody else see it the way I see it. Mm. it my relationship with it is mine and I think that's what you know I, with the podcasting side of it and everything we put that forth you know people are listening to like right now they're they're clicking on this episode because of battle scars they can hear battle scars thoughts a hundred different places but they mm. can only hear yours here right. and that's that's the way to sort of I think tap into that emotionality again is to know like it's all been said but it hasn't been said by you right oh i love that it's a really good way to think about it um especially because you know we're doing this thing where we're making things or we're talking about things we're facilitating discussions however you want to phrase it and yeah it can feel sometimes like just it just it's the nat a natural part of being a creator is you feel like oh well everyone's doing this you know, why am I still doing it? What's almost like, what's the point? And it's important yeah. to remember that like, it's because it's your thoughts. Like even if someone has had a similar thought or has a similar theory, like it's not 
you have your own take on it always. You can always put your own spin on it. And oh, I love it. I really like yeah. that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So we're talking about Star Wars. We're talking about, you know, how you got to this point of being able to talk about Star Wars and other media, you know, as your job, which is so cool. Um, but it all started somewhere. So let's go back to the beginning. Um, mm. what's your what's your Star Wars story? How did Star Wars come into your life and you know how how has it kind of uh brought you to where you are now star wars for me is, is so foundational where it's like i i can't imagine dealing with some of the stuff i deal with now without the lens of that like right now if anybody hears like at any point the pitter patter of, of a dog that's my dog mando mm -hmm. so it's like he he's named for star wars and, and mm -hmm. i i think of him in, in star wars terms a lot and i problem solve in star wars terms a lot mm -hmm. and that all goes back to experiencing uh the original trilogy on vhs and an attack of the clones was my first one in theaters and really relating that a lot to my home life which was good but it was it was different as much as I only had one of my parents. And so I, my father and I don't have a relationship. And so that, that's so key to a lot of what Star Wars is, is, is the generational trauma and the generational uh, pressures of legacy and the shadow of what you, what came before you that you didn't know. And all of that stuff, uh, that that's how it really helped me. It really helped me uh deal with what I was going through mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, even as a small child, before I knew what I was processing, mm -hmm. um, I was able to see it in characters like Luke and Anakin and Leia and, and these different people um, and and sort of realize things about myself. And that, that just continued um, through the second dark times post Sith and, and now up into the, the modern era, it's always been there. And so I, I had been on Star Wars podcasts before um, back in the day and then I had had one of my own pre-Force Awakens but then this one when I got into radio full-time professionally um, I was able to start Octo Radio and that sort of uh, because of working in the radio station it was like I was able to make it sort of at work and really make it a part of the experience and mm -hmm. and sort of make it a part of my quote-unquote brand whatever that is <laughs> um, and yeah so it's just it's always been there I've always said like if, if Star Wars is ever a great story um, then it's mine too, because if you removed it, I really genuinely don't know who I'd be. There's a lot of stuff mm -hmm. that I love um, and that I have loved. And if you removed those, I think you still maybe get to me now, but the same cannot be said for Star Wars. If you removed that, then I would be significantly different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's like we take so much from it it becomes so much a part of us and um I, I that's one thing i've always really loved about all the stories combined is like a lot of us really don't always think about like how formative it was for us um you know even if you came to it you know later in life or like i i was away from star wars for a long time and came back to it when the ahsoka novel came out like and that was mm that changed a lot for me because that was a time in my life where I, a lot of things were changing and I was really kind of trying to figure out who I was, what I was supposed to be doing. And like Star Wars is there as a way to kind of, I like how you um, put it, it's like a, a lens through which you kind of look at um, your life and uh, the world. And it, it, it really makes the world make a little bit more sense sometimes. I mean, 
how much can the world make sense these days? I don't know. But sometimes when you, you know, pick out that one quote or that thing, um, that theme, and you kind of think about, oh, yeah, like, I get it. This character kind of makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And And that's the thing is that we keep finding it and we keep mm-hmm. redeveloping and reinventing our relationship with it, with the text and with the characters, like you said, like having a break from it and then coming back in the Ahsoka novel. It's like, that is in a, in a, in a real way, us reconnecting with a character whose mm-hmm. fate had been ambiguous for a little while, had right. ended a few times. As you talk about Clone Wars, it's a show that ended three different times. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like five was the ending. And then, oh no, the Lost Missions was the ending. Oh no, we're back season seven. Like <laughs> that, that and Bad Batch even, you know, keeps it going in a, in a, in a different way. It's, it's always ongoing. Like there are endings. But there are just as many beginnings as there are endings. And you can touch base with Ahsoka in that novel and say, oh, she she did have another adventure before mm-hmm. Rebels. Okay, maybe she had a lot of them you know, yeah. before Rebels, as we see with the ending and teaming up with Bale and everything. And it's like, there's still plenty of those left to be told. And I think that's the thing with Star Wars is that there's always a little bit left to be told. And even with something like The Rise of Skywalker, it's like, yeah, it, it, the immediate nine part piece just ended but like very clearly there's still a a universe worth of adventures to have and these young heroes are just getting started and that spirit is always there you're constantly in a forward moving direction which i think in these times especially like pandemic times is extremely useful yeah and i love that you know we have the movies and we have the shows Will we ever get another Star Wars movie at this point? Who knows? If we never do, I do whatever. <laughs> What's going on? But uh, we also have things like the books and the video games and these, ac- we'll call them extra things that kind of like further, they give you more of those stories that fill in gaps or they expand. It's called the expanded universe for a reason. They expand these stories that you might have seen on the screen, but now you get to read them or you get to play them. Have you played Fallen Order? Yeah, I have. I, I've played it a few times. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing about Fallen Order that they nailed so much that got me so attracted to it mm-hmm. um, is the way, like more so than anything before, the actual kinetic energy and the actual feeling of that game mm-hmm. um, really made me feel like the journey emotionally that the characters were going through and the mechanics were finally married in a way that made sense like even replaying it like the third and fourth time like i was still like wow i i I feel like this idea of the repression and the the trauma and having to revisit certain memories for the character that is Mm -hmm. the most elegant way that like the power progression had ever been done because that's hard that's hard to do is because you give us a Jedi and we grew up with these these heroes and we're like, okay, I can't even push. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> you know, I gotta relearn to push. I thought I was I thought I already had a backstory. Like, <laughs> and and they managed to find that so yeah. well. Um, so yeah, big fan, big fan of Fallen Order. Um, very excited about uh Survivor and and just in general, I think that cast of characters was a big win. Yeah. And they picked the perfect absolute perfect person to write the book that comes in right in between these two games which mm. is i still get the names confused for some reason um 
Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars by Sam Maggs um, has been out for a minute by the time you're listening to this, but um wanted to give everyone some time to read it because I think everyone should. Um, I really honestly don't think they could have picked a better person to write this book. Um, just mm-hmm. the fact that Sam works in the gaming industry and understands, you know, understands how stories are told in games and how everything fits together and was able to take this book and make it feel somehow like you are reading a video game but like even better than that um i'm still amazed that it just happened to work out like that yeah yeah no you can tell too in the writing style like i agree with you this is the perfect person because what sam brings to it is a lot of that forward moving kinetic energy where like the way that she writes action the way that she's able to balance where the action of the book is going to be placed with where we're going to be slowing down. Like there are some chapters uh, toward the end, one chapter in particular, um, I believe it's 15 or 16, where we just have the blowout argument of every single character um, before they just take some time to decompress. And it's like, that feels so video game. Like the fact that it's like, we're going from incredible action and then, here we go. We're going to you know, take the emotional beat here and then everybody disperse into the town to do what you need to do <laughs> for a couple days before we like it move in the same way people say the Mandalorian as a television show moves like a quest video game. Um, yeah, l- like like a <laughs> sure. like go get this, go do this. Uh, um, this one definitely played like a group RPG, like people yeah. get there. All right, now I'm going to I'm going to do this with the saber. I'm going to cast this or Sears like I'm going to tap into this and do this move. And Sam is able to write those in such cinematic ways. Um, There are some moments that are just all time Star Wars book moments, I think, um, because she understands how to translate them and sort of marry the mediums like this. Like, do I fully expect the games to go for a trilogy? I do. But Mm -hmm. if it ended on Survivor and they said, no, the second one is Battle Scars, that would feel right. Yeah, it really would. Um, And I, you know, I was excited for Survivor, um, but I read this book and I was like, can we have this game now? I mean, it would have been out by now if it was um, the original release date. But um, yeah, it's it really felt like it set it up perfectly because I think it did a very good job of setting up the game but also kind of like it was also a standalone story at the same time so like you could read just that and not go on to the game and you would be okay and i'm assuming that the game will kind of like do what it can to kind of catch you up if you didn't read the book um yeah because there are just some things in the trailer that you're like wait what happened to his arm like it's not extremely important that you know the whole story that you've read the book but i feel like everyone should um because it's just it is that good um and i am curious if you have thoughts on this because a lot of times you know we have all these star wars books there's so many star wars books coming out i can barely keep up why did i decide to do a weekly show about books i don't know but here we are (laughs) um and they just never stop um and you know, you, you really don't have to. You can be a Star Wars fan and not read the books and you're fine. You can still grasp what Star Wars is about. Um, mm-hmm. But there are things about the books where, like, if you do read them, if you read some of them or if you read all of them, you do right. sometimes get rewarded. 
Um, sometimes there are things in the shows that pop up that you're like, I know who that character is, or I understand that a little bit better. Uh, do you have feelings about that? Because there are people who really don't like that. There are people yeah. out there who are like, I don't like that I now feel like I need to read this book. I shouldn't have to do homework to understand <laughs> what's going on with the, yeah, yeah, you can tell by my mocking voice that I don't really, <laughs> I don't take that too seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's, it's really not a big deal. I mean, yeah. people like, I think that if you, I, I'm willing to be wrong. I, I will put the open challenge out that don't at Meg, at me, <laughs> at me, do not direct any fire here. Um, really, if someone can find me the thing in the films or shows that absolutely falls apart, unless you have book knowledge, I would love to know because I really don't think that that thing exists. No. I mean, it, it part of this is approaching it mythologically and, and like a Cobb Vanth is a great example yeah, yeah, yeah. of like, they adapted a novel character to television and his backstory is the if we were telling somebody sort of what happened in those interludes that's pretty much what we'd say yeah um and the extra finer details um can live in your mind as a reader or not and you won't be missing anything essential it's about the essential beats yeah. and i think that a lot of the times it's it should people could think about it in terms of this is enhancement material not to yeah. knock it down a peg or anything like it these are beautiful and, and wonderful and valid full mm -hmm. stories yeah but like if someone plays survivor and they're like man gree's got his arm chopped off in the five years some it, there, i think there's a fun in the fact that somebody can say you know you can actually read when that happened like <laughs> you can you can see that scene yeah and to i think we've lost because of the internet a little bit of that childhood joy yeah. that would make you want to rush and see that like right. it reminds me of of knowing how anakin got his the scar over his eye oh, yeah. in the tartakovsky clone wars like that was exciting to know like, oh, if you watch the Cartoon Network show, you could see them get the scar like that. <laughs> that stuff is that stuff is fun to me. And yeah. I don't think that um, it, I, I think that it's a rich, rewarding experience uh, to tell people that, hey, what, what resonates with you on screen, there could be something for you out here uh, in books and or in comics or audio dramas, whatever. Mm. Um, I don't think we need to look at that cynically because, I mean, realistically, we know that they're written to support these things. Like, yeah. obviously, um, if we're using like our logical business brains, like, <laughs> you know, if, if, but then sometimes it can even help the experience. Like, you know, it, like a lot of people brushed up against the Poe Zori backstory stuff. Like, mm -hmm. when did he enlist? When did he not? And then they're like, cool, we got you. But here's a book. If you, if it really bothers you that much, <laughs> Read this adventure. You'll see that it flows fine. He was young. He's like sixteen. Blah 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 blah, and mm -hmm. it all works just just the same. So I don't I don't think that anything is demanding anything of anyone. Are there times where it's like I really want to beam the book into people's brains um, so they can have the the joyous experience that I had or that you had or any of our friends? Like, yeah, of course. I would love every sequel trilogy viewer to read Shadow of the Sith. Yes. Like who wouldn't or bloodline who wouldn't. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you can just watch those movies. Like we, right. I think we forget sometimes how much, how little we had or how yeah. little our parents had mm -hmm. during the OT. Like yeah. they just introduced Mothma and Akbar, And like, it just, we didn't know who they were. 
You just have to trust that they were in charge. And then maybe you'd find out about it in a sci-fi magazine or something. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 wild to think that, you know, say you like became a Star Wars fan for the first time like two years ago. Like you will mm-hmm. never know what not having new Star Wars feels like because that is not a thing anymore. Um, because if there's not a show airing or a show coming up that's going to air... If there's not a movie, there's a book, there's some reference thing, there's, you know, there's always something. Um, and I, I love it. I don't think there's such thing as too much Star Wars, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. I don't think that I'm not worried about the oversaturation thing because people can pick and choose. Right. They can choose what they like. There are going to be people that don't ever read Battle Scars because they're like, of, you know, Fallen Order wasn't for me, but I'm really excited about this book, or I'm really excited about the Kira novel that's right. coming, or I read all the comics. Like, like I read the majority of the comics, but I haven't really read the Bounty Hunters run. Mm-hmm. That's mostly just because of time and money. Right. Um, but my Star Wars experience doesn't feel lesser because I didn't right. consume all of it. Right. I, I think trying to consume all of it is you don't want to do that. I don't think anyone can do that. I mean, there there are probably people who do, but um, it that you risk it becoming a chore, and you don't want that. Like this is supposed to be the thing that you come home to after you're working all day or you're in school all day. You come home, and this is your fandom is the thing that you that's your playground. You're supposed to play in it and have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Yeah, it should never feel like work no. unless your last name is Damon and it actually is your work. <laughs> um, then. <laughs> But you know what? More power to them. That's why they exactly. do the, the splaining. Exactly. And, and they do a great job. One thing that... Okay, there are many things that I love about books. One specific thing I love about them is, unlike a show or a video game, they can take things a little bit slower in the moments where they need to. And something that Battle Scars does very well that you know we don't always get in different kinds of media depending on what it is is those moments of really letting the characters sit with their grief and kind of like process what is happening to them and what they've been through and where they need to go next and being able to get in the characters heads to kind of like see what they're trying to figure out is a beautiful thing about prose, I think. Um, because I, I'm yeah. thinking, like, when I was saying that, I was thinking about the Kenobi show and how, like, there are definitely moments in there where he's grieving. And that's a huge part of the show. But it's also, like, you have to move on from that at points because he needs to go fight someone or whatever it might be. Um, because that's right. what the shows have to do. That's what the games have to do. Um, and the And this book especially does that, too, because... Um, that's kind of how it flows, but I really do appreciate and love, um, that grief was such an important part of this story and kind of like, I think it's a beautiful thing that this bridge between the two games really focused on helping the characters grow from where they were at the end of that game and getting them to the point that they're going to be at the next one. Yeah, I agree. I think that it, it, again, like I said, it balanced the, the action of the personal so well that we were able to really feel like we were living with them. Like it balanced a a sense of, okay, they've had a certain amount of adventures, 
since Fallen Order. They've said they keep using the phrase throughout the books a few years, a few years. You know, the jump between games is five. So I think it's safe to assume this is like three. And the way that they are able to show us the ways that, you know, with throwing us right in and made us rest, classic Star Wars, that the relationships have grown. Uh, um, but then show us how there's still room for them to grow some more. I think uh, Sam Mag's balanced that beautifully in terms of taking us to the natural places of tension. Like, okay, it's great in the game that you recruit Marin and she joins your side and everything, but there's still stuff to deal with there about her being a night sister without a home, without a people. And there's still right. stuff to deal with, with Cal with that, with being, um, you know, displaced from his, his entire way of life and Seer too and Seer touching the dark side and all of that. Like it it takes the natural conclusions and the natural steps for I think for all the characters uh in a really big bad way. And, and it adds additional uh soul and heart to mm-hmm. characters that maybe were more of the comedic relief in the game. Like yeah. Grease, mm-hmm. uh he has some of the most rich beats here where yeah. you can feel his anxiety as to how much he wishes that they could just walk away from this life sometimes. Yeah. Um I think that what they did really well personally here is they took the Mantis crew and they, I'm not going to say justified their existence. Like they needed that. <laughs> um, it's not that far, but like, I think you you could run the risk if you did so many different, like we're a crew of heroes on a ship. Like eventually <laughs> we might start to feel a little bit of sameness that has not happened yet. But eventually, I could see that being an issue, theoretically. Um, Luke, Conley, Chewie, the droids, and then the ghost crew, and then the Mantis crew. Like, how many times can we do this, especially in this time period right. of the dark times heading toward the end of the OT? And they they made this crew feel like their identity was unique and special mm-hmm. and and rich and, and grittier, grittier, sexier, mm-hmm. um, angrier. In a lot of ways, like if the ghost crew are like, like outlaw or if they're like, like you know, rebels on, on the fringes, these are the outlaws. The, they've got yeah. wanted posters. Yeah. You know, they are they're there at the beginning of the book fed up with the Haxian brood. And they're like, we're just going to take them out. Like yeah. this is a group that will go will go a little bit further. They're a little bit harder edge. They're not so far as like Luthan Rail or Saw Gerrera, but they mm-hmm. are a little bit kind of on on the edge of what is acceptable for a Jedi. And that's, that's a big part of what Searing and Cal go through here for sure. Yeah. And somehow after all that, this book manages to do the one thing I wasn't sure if it was going to do, which was it didn't kill off anyone important to the story. Not that I thought it would in terms of like these characters have to show up in a video game later. So like, it's going to be fine, but I was reading this book and I just had this constant worry. I'm like, something's going to happen to Fret. Something's going to happen to this character. They're not going to make it because Star Wars never lets any heroes make it. Um, And this book didn't do that. This book was like, everyone's going to be fine. And I love the ending. I forgot to mention at the beginning, this (laughs) this is definitely a spoiler shot because here we go for the end. Mm -hmm. Um, No one dies. They just kind of go their separate ways. And they're Mm -hmm. like, we all have things to do and figure out. We're going to go over here and do our own thing so that all you video game characters can continue on doing what you need to do later on. Um, That fascinated me because I think personally, I've lost so much trust in Star Wars ability to not just say, 
you're a hero now. You did this big thing. You made a sacrifice and you're rewarded with death. They do it. They've done it so much. And sometimes I think, depending on the story, in ways they didn't necessarily need to. I mean, I I didn't write the thing. So like, it's whatever. I accept it. Um, Mm -hmm. But this book didn't do that. And I was amazed whenever when I got to the end and everyone was alive. I was like, okay, Star Wars actually can do this. Yeah, and I think that it did not help that during our reading of this, we had not seen certain people in Survivor promotion. Yeah. So I think right. that there was a certain part of me that was like, are they gonna are they gonna kill Grease in a book? Yeah. That would have been one of the times where those oh, why do I have to do homework people would have been a little bit correct right. uh, if they had done something like that. But right. they did not go that far. No. Um it 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 did feel like it took big swings and was willing to change the status quo. But like you said, it was also um, it it had the emotional maturity to let people sit Mm -hmm. in what they had done, you know, like it, it it sort of what they had done and what they'd experienced. It was saying, we're going to put them through the ringer. And by the end of this, they're going to feel differently about their mission and about each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's still room to grow here. And sometimes even in a dark way, uh, not like grim, gritty, dark, but like emotionally dark, the <laughs> right. um, heavy. You have Cal and Seer at the end, and Marin too, to a certain degree, all sort of saying like, "Well, where else am I going to go?" Yeah, and I think that that's that's not exactly the the Star Wars like we have each other. Like that's not the usual. Like they yeah. love each other, but there is a there's nowhere there's nowhere else but the Mantis. Yeah. And and especially for Grease, who's like, it is literally my property. <laughs> right. <laughs> he has become my favorite character because of this book, I think. Because I definitely his storyline, I think, affected me the most in terms of like, oh, he was just this character in the game, you know, that did a lot but didn't do too much. And we didn't really get to know him super well. And then this book was like, hey. You didn't necessarily get that in the game. Here you go now. Here's this character yeah, that you're going yeah. to feel for and understand better and like almost relate to sometimes when he's like, I'm not sure if I want to keep doing this. Um, I'm like, I get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that they did a really good job of, of fleshing him out of, again, like showing his anxieties, but also showing what his place is too. Um, like you're saying, like it was almost like the book was answering uh, a conversation that we were all quietly having like okay we really like this character but where does he fit with the jedi and night sister and, and droid that he is now aligned with and, mm-hmm. and here they make the really strong argument that grief is a uh, grief that grief not grief karga he's not in this book uh <laughs> that, that grease is uh is the emotional glue mm-hmm. he's he's the uncle that can see it for what it is and will yeah. say the things that are coming from a a realistic place, a non-mystical place. He's not connected to the magic. He's not connected to the force. Uh, he doesn't have a, a vested interest romantically here. He doesn't have the the secret uh, scientific plans for this new technology here, the shroud. Yeah. He doesn't have any of that. All he has is the the desire to make a better choice because he is has kind of had a, a a life of mistakes up to this point, mm-hmm. and he just wants his friends to be okay. And I think that that's why cutting to his perspective um, is so valuable because it is mostly a Cal Marin novel. But yeah. when they when they cut to Grease and to Seer throughout, 
um the moments are are well selected for sure yeah do you think star wars can do this more do you think we can get more stories where like people can survive the stories they're in i do i do and i think that for a time like you said it was sort of like okay are we gonna because especially with novels it was like if you're if the if you were had a novel about the main characters, then it would either be like it would be a smaller adventure because they would save them for bigger things over on screen, mm -hmm. or they would introduce new characters and we would kill some of those. Yeah. Um. You know, a, a lot of the times it's like, even some of my favorites do this. Not so much the killing part, but it's like, look at like Last Shot by Daniel Jose Older. It's, mm -hmm. it's Han and Lando, but we also have to introduce a whole new crew because it can't be. Luke Han, Leia Han, you know, Lando, right, like right, it, right. we, the publishing restrictions, you know, they got to work around them yep. and then we get some great characters out of that. Yep. Um, this one is pretty much our leads and, yep. a, and a couple new characters the entire time. Um, so that's, that's the publishing side of it. But in general, uh, I do think that we're headed into a place of the storytellers making the more challenging conclusions and embracing them. Uh, this is a great example. And I think that the the moment we'll look back on in five years and say, this is when star Wars decided um, to really let, let it, you know, swing for the fences and let it fly was Reva. Yes. Not killing Reva at the end mm -hmm. of Kenobi when everyone I'm can everyone, we all would have put our money on. She's dead. Yeah. Whether it's, Kenobi reluctantly defeats her or Vader destroys her or mm -hmm. whatever. Zero chance that I think Reva was making it out of that show. And look at that. She did. And I think that they have now the they they did that so well. I think they've earned the confidence in themselves to say, mm -hmm. we don't need to wrap everything so definitively here. This right. is mythology. This is a galaxy where we said, and the kid and the blue guy went somewhere. <laughs> and and we all ate that up and here we are waiting you know so it's like they can do that like they literally ended rebels by being like your main character and your main villain are gone uh one of your characters had a baby and good night and that was it and, and and we were all like okay like they can do more of that stuff and i think they should feel good about it yeah and like the universe continues to grow and there are so many stories and they're going to continue to be more and with the Reva example, it's like, we might not get more of her story for a while. We don't know. But it's there for whoever wants to grab it whenever they want to in whatever way they want to. It could be a book. It could be like, who knows? Um, but I think that's so. They can and they should do that more because now that you have shown that, oh, you expected us to kill off this character and we didn't. And now she's going to go off and do her own thing. We may tell, we may not tell you what that is, but we might. That just like, it's the whole, like you build hype for something that may not happen, but it could. I mean, we do that all the time, but yeah. it's there. And that's the, that's yeah. in the fabric of Star Wars. Yes. Like it's a meme now to talk about you know, Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan performance and like inserting prequel footage into yeah. his pauses. Like <laughs> your father, you know, a cunning warrior. And then we see Anakin get his arms <laughs> chopped off. Like, but like those, those moments uh, of, of sort of like this, this really hint at the larger sort of, uh, I'm going to say the word, the larger tapestry mm -hmm. of, of Star Wars. Like, we take it for granted now the fact that that original movie says the Clone Wars and one of the characters 
reacts to the Clone Wars. And we, that was not paid off until 2002. So it's like uh, the fact that we could do stuff like that, we can re-embrace that now. That's why I love uh, some of the stuff that Mandalorian does where it's like they'll just have somebody go into a little bit of fantasy speak. Like I mentioned him already by accident. Grief Karga will say like, you know, we're, we're a trade spur of the Hydean way. Like some some kid will watch that and be like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> like, what the hell is the Hydean way? But there could be a Grief Karga adventures in the Hydean way type story one day. <laughs> we don't know. And and I think that embracing that and saying, yeah, we'll get to it when we get to it. Enjoy. Think about what we did here. Uh, I think is 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 powerful and and mm. bold and higher public's done a good job with that. Yeah, and uh, I think that we're we're getting to a place now where, um, especially with the Ahsoka show coming, like her story is a story of of mysteries at this point mm. and gaps. And it's like, what are they going to fill? What are they going to not fill? Right. Um, and it same with Survivor. Like, there's still a couple gap years to go. Yeah. You know, if 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 this is three to four, that's still one to two years. And when we get here, we see grief and Cal hugging in the trailer. Mm. Seemed like they were good at the end of this book, yeah. but it doesn't seem like grief's flying it in the trailers for this. So what happened yeah. there? Mm-hmm. And th- this book didn't feel the need. Sam Mags didn't feel the need to say, I need to get them to the, the start screen of the next game. Right. Yeah, love that. I just, it, it made me smile when, because as we're recording this, the story trailer for the game just came out. Um, and he just says straight up, like right at the beginning, like it's been a long five years, like as if he's saying like, Hey, everyone who really cares about exact timelines, here's exactly when this game is taking place. They need to know. Yeah. It's very yeah. Important. Yeah. And I'm glad that they're doing that. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Glad that they're doing that because at some point we got to stop, uh, we got to stop, you know, um, I don't want to say like hand-holding people or enabling like i'm not trying to be too Mm -hmm. negative about it but it's like there's there comes a certain time where it's like we just need to say like all right shut up it's this many years let us tell our story (laughs) like i I wish we didn't have to but very clearly we kind of (laughs) do yeah you know it's it's good there's a lot of other things happening in the galaxy around this exact time that this game is taking place so we'll see yes yes including that aforementioned character reva Oh, well, this it's going to be a really, really great game, and I'm really yeah. excited. Um, And it's coming out the day before I leave for a week and a half long trip. So guess who doesn't get to play it right away? It's me. Oh, just cancel the trip and play it for a week and a half. Oh, who needs a trip? It's too expensive for that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that we need more books about just video game characters? Oh, okay. Do we need more books? <laughs> period. That was, that was a really long pause. I just... <laughs> it was a very pregnant pause. I was like, this is, this is, I feel this is a loaded, very simple but loaded question. Do, do we, we need, need more, more books? Uh, do we need more books about video game characters? Absolutely. Um, I, I definitely think we do. And that, I don't come from a place of negativity when I say this, but I think that sometimes uh, I would like a little bit of that. Like, mm-hmm. Like I, 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 it's not a shot at squadrons, but you know that that's a group of characters that I didn't really connect with, and part of that is is by design. They made a forty dollar game. Mm-hmm. It's it's meant mostly for the multiplayer, and you know what? That's all well and good, but there are mm-hmm. certain people in there where I'm like, man, like I want to know more about yeah. this badass goth queen Havina Von Reg. 
and I might not ever know more about her. That would be really cool to do like a Titan Squadron, uh, you know, novel or something like that. Like, I do think that there are there is a um, a need for that, uh, especially as the games start to expand. We've got more stuff on the way. But probably a third Star Wars Jedi. We got the Ubisoft game, whatever Amy Henning's producing. There's the Indiana Jones game. Like, there's lots of stuff coming that I think will be um, greatly served by doing stuff like this. And, and I think we have. And the Inferno Squad novel really to to thank for this current methodology of of giving backstory and, and giving a, a full other chapter with these people. I do want more of that for sure. And I think that with something like the KOTOR remake on the way, like this a publishing line could be essential if they have mm. the guts to try to canonize that thing, yeah. which I don't know if they are or not. This is not a scoop or an insight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but let's say theoretically they were going to mm. or or that they were going to try to, you know, tell a new story with one of those characters. Like I do think that it is it is time for sure to do stuff yeah. like that. Um because every time that it happens, it hits. So yeah, yeah absolutely keep it going. Yeah. The fact that we didn't get a book or comics or anything around squadrons is just a tragedy to me. Yeah. Um, I never finished the game because I don't finish games. It's just a thing that I do. But I liked it a lot, um, what I got through. And it it was I think it was a good opportunity to have done some kind of book or something. But like it's fine because we got this and now maybe this is proof that we just need to keep doing the books. Like straight novelization, maybe not, but I like this format of like you got the first story in the game. You're getting another story that's important that moves these characters forward. And you might get another story in a game again. But um I think they need to do more of it. I think we just need more games in general too, but that's a whole that's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> All right. Any any more thoughts on this book? You liked it. Oh, yeah. loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Um, I, I think that it, it does such a great job um, with imbuing emotion into into the actual sort of mythic powers and everything. I love the exploration of what a night sister can do and what that flame is and what it means and how we tap into that. I loved the exploration of, of trauma that happens throughout this mm. um i love you know in the most like uh we didn't talk about raining and everything before <laughs> before this is the most g-rated way that i could say i love how spicy the book is mm-hmm. um and how honest it is about it yeah. like mm-hmm. we we forget sometimes that these are young people yeah um and and i think higher public's done a great job with that yeah of like and you know and sometimes not young people sometimes you just are young at heart like elzar man yeah. um <laughs> but you know like this book takes Marin to the natural place that a 20 something year old woman would be at in terms yep. of trying to find connection and it takes cal to the natural place of being maybe like a year or so younger than her i've always gotten the impression that he's like a year or so younger mm-hmm. um but being an awkward young guy who <laughs> lives with someone that he very clearly has feelings for, like yeah. his, his his roommate that he has a crush on, like so there's there's all those beats too that really play, and it just felt really good. It felt really good, and it felt really pulpy. Um, mm-hmm. I loved the the fact that they opened with such you know with a big action sequence and placed that action throughout, and then what we end up 
looking for and doing is like, okay, we get a mission from a guy who's a giant bird and, you know, he's looking for this cloaking device that can cloak anyone. Oh, it turns out it's actually a person and they were a scientist, but they were actually the ex-lover of the new person that we met who was maybe kind of a stormtrooper. Like it feels so just like a soap opera in the mm-hmm. best way. Yeah. Um, and, and it plays so honestly uh, so yeah, I, I I'm over the moon about this book. I I think I like this book more than I like Fallen Order. Hmm. Um, so now I'm I'm really excited for Survivor to to carry in the knowledge of both. Yeah, so so good. We'll close out with 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 a couple fun questions. I mean, all of these have been fun questions, but here we go. Okay, so there are more Star Wars books coming out this year. Um, because again, they just never stop coming. I'm I'm this is this is a good thing, I promise. What's the upcoming Star Wars book that you are most looking forward to? Oof, this is so difficult. And I, I knew the question was coming. And I was <laughs> like, oh, I'll have an answer when it when it comes to me. And then I was <laughs> nope, didn't have one. Um, I I, I I'm really excited for more Kira. I'm really excited for a lot of the stuff that's happening um, with Higher Public, obviously. But in terms of something that we know is announced and is actually coming for sure, uh, I think that I might be most excited for the short stories collection for mm-hmm. the Higher Public. Um, is that stories of light and life? Like, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see that considering it's all eras at once. And I'm curious how that's going to play thematically. Like if Mm -hmm. if by the time we're done with it, we're like, oh, that did kind of feel like it was, it had one message. And I think with that roster of writers is full of so many Mm -hmm. different absolute rock stars in so many ways that uh, to see them all on one thing will be really exciting. And then, and then just, you know, for a, for an answer of something that has not been actually announced, uh, but that we know is coming Whatever the first Del Rey novel is of Phase Three, which I'm assuming they'll probably announce in celebration, mm-hmm, at least a mm-hmm. title. Uh, whatever that is, it's that because <laughs> I the ending of Phase Two still has me shook, or the ending of Phase One now going back to the present mm-hmm. still has yeah, me shook. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and I, it's it's because I forget like we're still like there are still higher public books coming out in this current phase. Yes. Before the other ones come out, and I'm like. We don't even know, like even even those of us who get books in advance still don't know what's happening at the end of phase two. So, yep. <laughs> Kevin Scott, please don't. I know you're gonna hurt us, but um, could you just make me? Yep. Could you just make it hurt a little less? I mean, Path of Vengeance is one right that we could get yep. answer with for sure. Yeah. Ugh. Still I, shook I up about the end of Deceit. So. Uh, yeah, that book. <laughs> hurt me i was not i was not prepared for all the death (laughs) i really i'm like i should have expected this from the high republic but i didn't i guess that was my fault (laughs) yep all right this has been such a great conversation it's i love talking about these books with people who clearly love them as much as i do um in this book it's just so unique and it just somehow came at the perfect time and was written by the perfect person. Um, and I'm so glad that uh, you could come join me for this discussion um, because sometimes I don't always know. I'm like, who wants to talk about this book with me? And I just happen. Sometimes it happens. I just happen to see someone tweeting about a book and I'm like, hey, 
how you doing? <laughs> oh, honestly, I mean, like that, and that's the best thing is like it's not that I think there's a misconception of like, oh, you just want people to agree with you. It's not that. Mm-hmm. It's that you want people that have something to say about it, and it's easy to talk about things that you right. dislike. You right. know, oh, this is this is a more difficult and b more fun. It is. Where can the people, if you want them to, find you? On the internet. Oh, you know, <laughs> you can find you can find me a lot of places. Whether or not I want you to, no, I'm kidding. Uh, you can find me yeah on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Hive, all those places at that Alden Diaz, T H A T A L D E N D I A Z. Talking Star Wars on Octo Radio, Star Wars podcast, um, and the different shows therein. That's little network. It's mostly me, so I don't use the word network. But there are sub shows. <laughs> like right now, I'm doing The Mandalorian Diaries, which is my my reflections on season three as they go. Uh, very raw, off the cuff way so that's uh octa radio everywhere apple spotify etc also co-hosting co-producing casterly talk with ken knapsack covering all of our favorite fantasy series like ice and fire rings willow etc and uh yeah everywhere else on the internet talking about i don't know dua lipa find me <laughs> thanks so much for being here oh thank you so much for having me this has been wonderful and i'm excited to nerd out about some more books down the road yeah for sure Now This Is Lit is part of the Faraway Fandom Network and is written, produced, hosted, and edited by me. Jose Jimenez designed our podcast art. Keep up with the show on Twitter at Star Wars Lit Pod and find the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to support the show, click the link in the description to start your free Audible trial. We get a little bit, I get a little bit of money from that if you do that and that is um, something I will never complain about. You can also subscribe to our newsletter. It is free. Supporting the show sometimes just means um, liking posts or sharing things, retweeting my tweets about it. Um, It matters. It really does. I know that Twitter is uh, falling apart, but uh, for now, that's that's all we got. We're all still hanging on. Continue to hang on with me. For more book reviews and Star Wars book celebration, follow Star Wars book reviews on Instagram. 